0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the final Cup of Joe podcast for this week. It is uh, Friday, October the 16th, and uh, if you are new to the Cup of Joe podcast or stumbled upon this or thought you might be getting a virtual cup of coffee, well, let me be the first to uh, disappoint you with that. Uh, My name is Joe Zenk. I am a lay Catholic minister in the Diocese of Green Bay. And what I do Monday through Friday, is I read the gospel for the day uh, and, uh, and break that open with you and, and just uh, make a few comments on it. Uh, sometimes those comments are relevant. Sometimes they are um, ridiculous, uh, from the sublime to the ridiculous. And, and you know, you just got to listen in to see which it's going to be that day. And uh, the power, of course, in the podcast comes from God's word. And the working of the Holy Spirit, we always end it with uh, praying together a decade of the, the rosary. So I uh, hope you, uh, glad you're with us, hope you enjoy and uh, find it, I don't know, illuminating uh, and at least tying you to God closer. That's That's the whole point, nothing else. So thanks for coming along. And today, the gospel reading for the day. Uh, We have uh, transitioned to the 12th chapter of Luke, spent a lot of time on the 11th chapter, and Jesus ended it with some very strong words, uh, two directly to the Pharisees. Today, he's going to be speaking uh, to his disciples, so speaking to us, the crowds gathered. So if you are following along home, Luke chapter 12, verses 1 to 7. Let's hear God's word together a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, so many people were crowding together that they were trampling one another underfoot. Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, beware of the leaven, that is, the hypocrisy of the Pharisees. There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the darkness will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but after that can do no more. I shall show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who after killing has the power to cast into Gehenna. Yes, I tell you, be afraid of that one. Are not five sparrows sold for two coins? Yet not one of them has escaped the notice of God. Even the hairs of your head have all been counted. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, brothers and sisters, this is a wonderful gospel, but it's, for me, anyway, has always kind of been a confusing one. Because Jesus' words, and and I don't doubt them in the least. Excuse me. Jesus' words are strong. And um, talking about, I mean, he talks about fear. I'm going to show you who to be afraid of. The one who can cast you into Gehenna. Okay, that, that caught my attention and, and my imagination and my fear. But then immediately after, he uses that one, again, he's so darn creative in how he speaks. He speaks and uses the example of sparrows and tells us, you're worth more than many. These two, are they not bought for, or these five for, for two small coins? Well, don't be afraid. God has even counted all the hairs in your head. If these sparrows haven't escaped God's notice, you certainly haven't. You are worth more than many of those sparrows. So which, what am I to be afraid of here and what not? Let me speak to something that came up for me during this gospel. And I am not sure that this is what Jesus is speaking of at all. I, I want to be—I want to be honest with that, and so I'm not trying to put myself in there and say, "Here's where Jesus is going." Um, that's dangerous at 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 best or uh, at worst. Uh, but but I, I want to talk about that whole idea. Well, I I think he's talking about hypocrisy right away. I mean, clearly, you know, again, he's not with the Pharisees now, but he's saying, "Hey, don't be like them." who present themselves one way, but uh, but live a different way. Um, but I want to talk about the, the paragraph that begins, There is nothing concealed that will not be revealed, nor secret that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in darkness, it will be heard in the light. And what you have whispered behind closed doors will be proclaimed on the housetops. What, what, what does he mean there? Again, I, I don't know what he means but here's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of that idea of purgatory. Now, a lot of you may have just, uh, I, well, I don't know. I don't know what images come to mind for you when, when one thinks of purgatory. I think the general population, and maybe it's just the Catholic population, but I think it's far more. I think the general population, when you one hears that idea of purgatory, thinks of, it's kind of a timeout. Um that, uh, okay, you weren't good enough to get into heaven. You're not bad enough to get into hell. So there's going to be this middle place. And it's almost like, okay, do your time there, and then you can come in. Uh, You know, go swim in that lake of fire for seven years, or go sit in that corner over there. Now, that's an adolescent and juvenile idea of purgatory, and, and I don't mean to cast that upon you. Um, but I think there's a great deal of people who, who view it that way. And, and I don't think that's it at all. Uh, I, I think, uh, the, one, I'm a huge, huge advocate and fan of the idea of purgatory. Um, because I think what it is, is, is the very name. Purgatory takes its, its essence from that idea of purge. There, there's something that needs to be purged from me. And we know that nothing unclean within me, And clearly there's lots of unclean that is within me, I suspect, within you and within all of us, because we're human. Nothing that is unclean within us can enter into the kingdom. All of that, brothers and sisters, has to be purged from us. So the question is, is that purged now in this life, or is that purged in our death in an instant? Is that purged after death? Ugh. I've talked about C.S. Lewis's uh, book *The Great Divorce*, in which he presents this idea. He does it in in this parabolic way, this story. Um, But uh, but I I I I think what what again I'm not sure this is what Jesus is talking about. But what comes to my mind is this whole idea of purgatory in what I just read and what Jesus is saying is that idea of purging is when we will meet the one. And yes. Be afraid of that. Not be afraid of the one to whom we meet. I am afraid of that experience because nothing that is concealed within me won't be revealed at that moment of purging. Nothing that is secret within me will not be made known. Nothing that I have said in darkness or have thought in darkness will not be uh, brought forward. Or All of this, all of everything I think and say and have done, and whispered behind closed doors, will be proclaimed and brought to the light. And that, to me, is that purging thing. It won't be done, I don't think, again, in a way that is shaming that God's going to show all the the kingdom of heaven and the hordes, look at what Zank did, so I can be shamed. I think what that purgatorial experience is going to be like is God, in his loving mercy, is going to show it to me. And that will be like a lake of fire. Remember, Gehenna is is not hell. It's it's our image of hell. And 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 Dante, of course, took that and 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 went with it. But Gehenna was the city dump outside of Jerusalem, which is why Jesus, in another place, can say, "It's where the fire, you know, uh, never dies, is never quenched, and the worm dies not," because it was constantly being added to. And the fire is what. What, what brought down the, the trash heap. And yes, that idea of that will be incredibly purging and, and shameful and will feel like fire when God in God's great mercy shows me the fullness of, of what my attitudes and actions did and how they hurt people throughout the years and how I shamed or, 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 or um, simply dismissed other people or ideas or, or actively, even in my unconscious, actively stopped the kingdom of God from being built. And the shame, well, shame may not be the right word, but the humiliation, the, the sadness I will feel at that point. Yeah, brothers and sisters, I think that is worth me fearing because the truth is going to be brought to light to me. Now, what do I do about that? I, I, again, not sure this is what Jesus is saying, but I think he's saying, don't fear God in one sentence and then turn around saying, but but you don't have to fear God because you're worth more than many sparrows. Because I think that would be hypocritical. He'd be speaking out of both sides of his mouth. I think he is saying, listen, this experience, that everything is going to be revealed, that everything is going to be proclaimed from the house, it's all going to be in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be afraid of the one who can kill the body. I'll tell you what. I'll, sh- I'll show you whom to fear. Be afraid of the one who, after killing, has the power to cast into Gehenna, meaning the one who's going to come to us in mercy to show us our life in fullness. Not, not just our, our poor actions, by the way. I hope our good ones are there, too. But that can be a very Gehenna-like experience. And that experience, I think, I think... Um, um, it can be wonderful because it's mercy, but man, it's going to be difficult and it's going to feel like I'm dying. And in a sense, I am because those things need to die for me and I need to, if I can, rectify, apologize for, accept and realize that's part of me and and grieve that before I can realize I am loved and worth more than many sparrows because the one who's bringing it to me isn't bringing to condemn. He says that in John three seventeen, right? I did not come into the world to condemn the world. I came that the world might be saved through me. And this action, this bringing to light all those things that are deep within us as individuals, I'm sure us as a society, uh, is how... We are healed, but it will be a lake of fire experience, a purging. Part of us will be pulled out by the roots, and we will be dying. I'll say it for the 18th time. Is that what Jesus is saying here? I'm not sure, but it speaks to me from this gospel. So I guess my hope is, my friends, that some of this stuff in you, and in me is being purged even now. And that we don't try to live hypocritical lives and whisper behind closed doors, say one thing and live another. Um, That we try to be not duplicitous, like Nathaniel slash Bartholomew, um, but to be open and, and who we are And open to the truth when people hold mirrors up to us, because that's just a foretaste of the mirror, capital T, capital M, that will be held up to us uh, at some point. And uh, the more we can purge ourselves of those things now, the less of a lake of fire it's going to feel like then. But remember, it is done by the one who is mercy itself, so we can enter fully into the kingdom of God. Let's uh, end our week with prayer. If there is anyone or anything for whom you would like to pray, I invite you to bring it to mind at this time. And let's uh, lay our prayers at the foot of our Blessed Mother to bring before the throne of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. The fifth luminous mystery is the gift of the Eucharist, the institution of the Eucharist. My friends, have the best of weekends. Um, Enjoy it. May you be held in the embrace and the joy of our God. And uh, I look forward to us being back together next week. God's peace.